0: Welcome everyone to episode 31 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. You know, as a child growing up in a traditional denominational church, I was infatuated by the miracles that happened in the Old Testament, the stories, also the New Testament, of all these great men and women of God and what God did through them. But to the most part, they were just stories about what God had done in the past. Then when I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit in my late teens, I began to realize that those things were still for us today. I became acquainted with ministries and people who were doing such mighty works and miracles. They were raising the dead, laying hands on the sick and watching them recover. They were performing all kinds of miracles. I saw... um, Food being multiplied to feed five, ten times as many people as there was enough food that should have been able to take care of them. And all of these miraculous things just made me hungry to have the power of God. So I got into the scripture, began studying it, and realized that it was for New Testament believers today. Do you believe in the miraculous? I certainly hope you do. Do you walk in the miraculous? I'm going to try to help you a little bit today because this podcast series is on Third Heaven Authority. So we primarily have been dealing with the authority that God has given unto us. It's a spiritual authority. It's an authority based upon being seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. And how that we operate from a heavenly perspective, looking down and dealing with circumstances on this earth, rather than an earthly perspective, looking up and trying to figure out how to get God to move for us. Third heaven authority. But today I want to talk to you about third heaven power that the power of God is flowing through you, you qualify for that power, because you have the Holy Spirit placed on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is the dunamis, the intrinsic nature and power of God to be released. The same Holy Spirit that was brooding over the face of the deep and original creation and informed what the... architect and the master builder had dictated into a natural creation. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same Holy Spirit involved in all of those miraculous stories throughout the Bible is in you, and he is there to release God's power in your life. When Peter gave that first great sermon after the Holy Spirit came in the second chapter of Acts. And he was preaching, and he said, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst. We know that uh, the writer to the Hebrews even said that God bore witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to His will, improving Jesus and improving the new kingdom that was coming. In John's Gospel, verse or chapter 14, begin with verse seven. Jesus said, "If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him." Philip said to him, "Lord." Show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Before I continue, Jesus was actually telling them that when people looked at them and the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, they would see Jesus in them, the same way that people during his earthly ministry looked at Jesus and saw the Father and the Father's will. So the Father's will came to Jesus all the way to us. But here's verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you. I do not speak of my own authority but the Father who dwells in me does the works. It's interesting that he combines words and works because works follow the word of God. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. The miraculous pointed to and confirmed the presence of God in Jesus' life. And now he's telling his disciples that the same miraculous works are going to be performed in you to prove the presence of God and the kingdom in you as well as to meet human needs. He goes on, verse 12, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Remember, he also, even in the Great Commission, in Mark 16, the end of the chapter, he says, These signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So signs, wonders, miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit. The power of God is present with us and exists in us, and it needs to be released. In fact, the Holy Spirit, the dunamis of God, the power, the word dunamis is a word that we get dynamo or dyna, dynamite from, and so it's talking about an intrinsic power. It's there in us, but we have to learn how to release it. It needs to become inner gea, another Greek term. The release of energy of that power. That's what's displayed in every miracle that occurs. When Jesus said, The works that I do and greater works than these you shall do, the works were salvation, changed lives, mental healing, bodily healing, relational healing, power over sin. Power over demons, the ability to cast them out. Power over nature. A sign is something that appeals to the understanding. It catches people's attention, their intellect, and they go, oh, wow, look at what's going on there. That's unusual. That's magnificent. A wonder is something that appeals to the imagination, where people are just caught in, And how in the world could this have ever happened? A miracle reveals the supernatural source. And gifts of the Holy Spirit reveal that it's of God. It comes directly from Him. So these are the realm of the supernatural, the miraculous that God intends for us to operate in. I have a few things that I want to share with you concerning miracles in the life of Jesus, in the life of the apostles and other New Testament figures, and then how they're to be manifest and working through you as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants you to experience that power in your life. You know that power saved you. That power has been in your life in many ways, but God wants it to multiply. Not only for your own benefit, and for your own family, but also for others that are around you. Miracles are real. They should be the norm for the Christian life. God does invade human lives and circumstances with his natural power to alter the natural laws that affect people and the circumstances that they're involved in. And, of course, we looked to Jesus as our primary example in all spiritual things. So as our model of performing the miraculous, let's just pick up on some principles from his life. Jesus, first of all, was not passive in his approach to miracles. Even the few times that occurred without him actually praying, miracles still followed him. For instance, the woman with the issue of blood who came in the press behind and touched the hem of his garment. And then it says that the dunamis power of God flowed from him into her and that she was healed of that. He didn't even know she was coming. As soon as she touched him, he felt that virtue go out of his body. And so he knew that the miracle was being performed. But she's the one who put the draw on him. And you will find that a lot of times people will put the draw on you. And you can feel that power actually flowing from you. And as you pray for them, many times you can feel heat in your hands. You can feel a tingly sensation uh, maybe going down your arms if you're touching and laying hands on them. A lot of times you'll feel the power on the inside of you around your stomach or above it. And when you speak, there's an anointing there that's connected with it. All of that is connected with the power, the anointing, the miraculous ability of God flowing through you. Did you know that Jesus performed 35 specific miracles, plus a whole lot of other miracles in the New Testament? I mean, there were a lot of them that says that Jesus healed them all. But 35 specific miracles. Now listen, because we're going to glean some principles that we can use in our own life. Of those 35 specific miracles, 23 of them were healing miracles. I asked the Lord one time, why was healing the most prevalent miracle that happened in the New Testament? And he said, because that's the one that is the closest to people's heart. He said, I'll touch them in any area of their life, regardless of what the circumstances are. But healing is something healing of their bodies, healing of their hearts that is very important to their personhood. And so that's why it's the most numerous. But 23 healing miracles. Now listen, seven of those were associated with demonic deliverance. Uh, In other words, those demons were cast out. Now, seven of those. So it does happen. Many times you'll find that you'll have to rebuke a demon, bind a demon, cast out a demon in order for the healing to manifest in that person's body or the miracle to be performed. Now, that doesn't mean that there's always a demon there because, remember, the majority of the healings that Jesus performed, he didn't cast out a demon. So you don't automatically just assume that it's because a demonic spirit is there or that for some reason they're demonized. But you can assume that the power of God is in you to go ahead and to confront whatever it is that's causing that. And many times there are demons. There are demons of epilepsy. Um, Those occurred in the Bible. There are other demons of various sicknesses, illnesses that plague people, and those demons need to be taken out. When Jesus prayed for Peter's mother-in-law, he cast out the demon. He rebuked the fever, and it left. But then there were other times he just said, be healed. And the person was completely delivered and made whole. Now, in addition to that, of the 35 specific miracles, three of them were miracles of raising the dead. So they're considered miraculous. And Jesus even told us to raise the dead. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Also, nine miracles occurred by exerting power over nature. That would be walking on the water, turning water into wine, rebuking the wind and the waves. So all of these miracles were performed by Jesus. He healed people of leprosy, paralysis, fever, gynecological problems, withering of limbs, blindness, deafness, muteness, dropsy, severed parts because of leprosy, epilepsy, crippling, demonic infirmities and possession, and even death. These are the works that he performed, and he said even greater works you will be able to perform. Now, there are five primary elements to Jesus' prayers, and all of this is by frequency. I went through the New Testament one time. I I laid out all of the miracles and just the commonalities that were in them. And so here's what I learned from that study. Number one, 83% of the time, Jesus spoke out loud either to the condition or to the person who had the condition. Even while speaking to the person, Jesus commanded a change in the condition itself. He didn't speak, you're sick. He spoke, be healed in Jesus' name. He actually spoke to the problem, and he spoke the answer to the problem. And that released the power of God to come. Now, if Jesus did that, then we better do that also. That's why so many times, led by the Holy Spirit, I will say, in Jesus' name now, I command that illness to leave the body and for the power of God to come in and to heal it completely in Jesus' name. The words of your mouth are one of the greatest releases of faith that's connected with the miraculous power of God. The second element is that Jesus laid his hands on them or touched them in some way if possible. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. There's something about if you're close enough in proximity and you can do it, the touching by the laying on of hands in some way. Now very often I'll lay hands upon somebody's head or I'll just put my hand on their shoulder or perhaps just hold their hand, but in some way make some form of a connection. And it seems to just draw the power of God in a very specific way. So 46% of the time, Jesus laid hands. That's half of the time he touched them in some manner. Now the third element is that 30% of the time, Jesus cast out any demonic spirit that he discerned to be Present in that situation. He would address that demonic spirit and as I mentioned before that's 30% of the time so two-thirds of the time uh, he didn't have to. He just spoke to the illness and released the power of God, gave the faith command of authority and the power hit them and it performed the miracle. But 30% of the time he felt it necessary to address whatever spirit was involved in holding that person in bondage so that it would inflict by the very nature of the demon itself an illness upon them, but also attempt to keep them from being delivered from it. One of the things that I often look at is if it's some kind of an illness that is long-term, if it is not healed by medical science today, if it has some kind of a progressive or growing nature, to consider that there might be some kind of demonic spirit that's attached to that, or at least influencing and attempting to cause it to continue. If it's incurable, then there may be a demon there. So listen to the Holy Spirit and deal with that. But never go around condemning people or allowing other people to condemn you. That... If you have some kind of an infirmity, then you have some kind of a demon. That's just not true. Now, element number four. 17% of the time, Jesus worked in line with the person's faith. There were a lot of times that Jesus commended the person's faith. Remember the centurion. When Jesus said, uh, the centurion first of all just asked him, uh, would you heal my servant? Jesus said, okay, let's go to your house, because that's the way most people wanted it done, and I'll heal him. And the centurion said, well, you don't have to do that, because I understand authority. I have, because I'm in the military, officers that are above me, they give me orders, I obey. I have soldiers underneath me, I give them the orders, they obey. I see this kind of authority in you, so just speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. So Jesus said, wow, man, that's a lot of faith. You understand how these things work. The authority to be in authority, one must be under authority. He said, so, okay. He spoke the word only. The power of God was released, and the servant was healed that hour. You know, there was another time Jesus spit in the earth, made mud, put it on blind man's eyes. Now, the blind man isn't the one who initiated that, but Jesus did. And he knew that would connect with the person's faith and would extract faith and belief because something is different. It shocked him into a place to where he could receive and the power of God came with him. So there's that point of contact that Jesus always tried to work with the person's faith. And so that's what we should do. I very often will ask a person what they're believing for. And then if it is... If I feel that it's right, then I'll go ahead and pray with that. If I think that they should be believing for a little bit more, then I'll start working with them. But I always attempt to work with their faith. Now, the fifth element is that 13% of the time, Jesus forgave the person's sins when necessary. Now, again, I've got to caution you. Don't tell people they're in sin because they're sick or because they need a touch from God or a miracle in their life. That's just not true. Sometimes it does exist that way because sin and disobedience to God and getting caught up in behaviors and mindsets that are counterproductive to God working in our life or even to uh, health of our bodies, will cause an infirmity or a problem. So sin was not associated with every healing and miracle. Interestingly, the need for forgiveness wasn't mentioned with any of the demonic deliverances. Because you would assume if it was because of sin or somebody's lack of spirituality, their problem, that it would have been connected more with the demonic presence that was in their life. But Jesus ministered only when he needed to with those few people, 13% of the time, that needed some kind of a demonic deliverance in order for the miracle to happen. They needed forgiveness of sins, what they were doing that was either causing it or keeping the miracle from happening. One interesting miracle was that Jesus prayed for a blind man twice. So sometimes you will find that you need to pray twice. That's not a lack of faith. He prayed for him, his eyes opened to where it was blurred vision, and he could see men as trees walking. Jesus prayed for him the second time, and the healing occurred completely, and he could then have clear vision. Did you know that In both occurrences, when Jesus raised people from the dead, they didn't have any faith. (laughs) They were dead. So it required his faith to perform the miracle. Now, because Jesus had trained his apostles in all of these things, they had watched him do it, and then he allowed them to follow the example and to pray, minister, and experience the miraculous themselves, we find then that after Jesus' resurrection in the early church, they continued with that. In the book of Acts, for instance, the Bible talks about 12 specific miracles uh, that were performed by the apostles. And then, of course, numerous, where everybody that came were healed, etc. So there were lots of miracles, but I'm talking about specific ones. And of those, Four were healing miracles, one miracle with demonic deliverance, two miracles of raising the dead, one miracle with angelic intervention, interesting, angels are involved, and four miracles exerting power over nature. We also find that there are six miracles performed by other New Testament figures who were not named apostles. Five of those were healing miracles. One was exerting power over nature. And of those healing miracles, uh, one of the persons was raised from the dead. Then we also find that in the New Testament, there are five specific passages that tell us that all believers can operate in the miraculous. They are Mark 16, verses 16 through 18, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11, James 5, verses 14 through 15, John 14, verses 12 through 14, and Galatians 3, verse 5. So as we see all of these things, we discover that, wow, the miraculous truly is available to us. Remember, you are new creations in Christ Jesus. You are filled with the Holy Spirit The power of heaven itself is within you. You are called by the Lord Jesus to release that power through prayer, to obey the word, to do the word, and to watch the miraculous happen. You can do it. You are qualified. Just get busy doing it. Find people that need healing. Lay hands on them. Pray for them using these principles that I uh, described today, and let God do it. You don't have to perform the miracle. You have to believe, and then God's power performs the miracle. It will flow through you. God will back up his word within you. He will back up your faith and perform the miracle. That's good news. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person listening to this podcast. Lord, that you would place on the inside of them that anointing and that understanding and the boldness and that they have the conviction that they're going to do it. They're going to do it. Bless God, if anybody can perform a miracle, they can do it. That's the attitude that you have to have. It's not like other people can do it. No. If anyone can, I can do it. I will do it. I will pray. I will operate in third heaven authority. And I will see the third heaven power of God operating in my life. I release the anointing for that upon you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Please join me in future episodes as I continue to share from my heart and my experiences and also from God's Word. Subscribe to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on your favorite podcast platform. And release miracles through your life.